Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for podcasters by podcasters. Podcasting Smarter is the official podcast from Podbean, featuring podcasting interviews, best practices, and helpful tips. We're here to give you the tools, resources, product updates, and news to help you get started podcasting and keep your podcast growing. Hello and welcome to Podcasting Smarter. This is Norma Jean Belenke, Podbean's Head of Events. And today we're joined by Kati Beauvais, the innovative force behind the podcast, The French Instinct. Broadcasting from Brittany in France, Katie has transformed her skills as a language educator into a flourishing podcast, significantly aided by her strategic use of social media. Stay with us as we delve into Kati's journey And most importantly, stick around because we'll be revealing practical tips on leveraging social media to amplify your podcast's reach and engagement. Get ready for an episode packed with actionable advice you won't want to miss. Stay tuned, and here we go. You've been able to monetize the show really incredibly. We're very excited to talk about monetization today because I think what you've done is a fantastic example of how someone can take a podcast and really build a community that monetizes the business that the podcast showcases. In your example, it's French, right? It's learning French, it's conversation, and you've been able to monetize in several ways, right? First, you're a language teacher, so people can book in with you, right? And that's such an amazing facet as well, right? Because, hey, I really like this podcast. I think this woman teaches in a way that is really conducive to my learning. I really like her stories. I know a lot about her. I feel like I know her. Podcasting is intimate. I'm going to book language lessons with Kati. I think that's a really great, easy, direct form of monetization, which you have. But there are also some other forms of monetization that you've employed that are becoming very successful for you. So can you share a little bit about how your podcast has funded a few different sources of revenue? Yes, sure. Well, at the beginning, of course, I was not asking for anything. I was doing the podcast for free and I didn't really think I could make money out of my podcast. But then after several months, I started to realize it was a lot of work (laughs) creating the episodes and also the transcripts, because it's very important when you learn a language to be able to read the transcript with notes. I put notes to explain the vocabulary, idioms, everything. So it was a lot of work. And I started to think, well, maybe some of my listeners would like to give me a tip to buy me a coffee so I could get some money because I also had to buy the music, for example, because I put music in every episode. And so I started to tell people, well, if you want to buy me a coffee, so go to my coffee page. So some people started to donate. And after a while, the platform I'm using for tips started to offer memberships. So people could pay monthly to support a show. And I thought, well, I could put the transcripts for members, for people who would be uh, subscribing monthly to my show. So I started that (laughs) little by little. And two years after I started the podcast, I had a problem with my microphone. And 
I couldn't keep on recording the episodes. <laughs> so I told my listeners <laughs> in a very sad episode, <laughs> I told, I'm sorry, but I will have to stop temporarily the show because my microphone is not working anymore and I cannot record with my computer or my cell phone. The quality would not be good enough. So I didn't know what to expect, but I said, well, if you want to help me buy a microphone, a good microphone, because I wanted a professional one, if I wanted to be a real podcaster, I needed a real microphone. So I just said, well, if you want to help, you can donate. And once I collect the money, I will buy the microphone and I will record new episodes. So I already had some members, but not a lot. I didn't know how long it would take. But after <laughs> two weeks, I had the amount I needed to buy a professional microphone because I started to receive donations from people I didn't know from all over the world. That was absolutely amazing. <laughs> I realized that people were willing to help me, were willing to pay so I could continue creating the episodes for them. So that was unbelievable. And after that, I realized it was important. If I really wanted to keep helping people through my podcast, to create something really sustainable. And well, I started with the marketing part, which I didn't know much <laughs> about that, but I realized it was important. I could not do it just because I wanted to help people. I really needed to be sustainable financially. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as a podcaster, it's something that we all think about, right? What are the costs of making this podcast? What is my time worth? And it's something where if you have an audience and you've built it up and you're having that relational conversation with your audience, you're sharing your life, you're putting the work in, you're purchasing the music for each episode, it's okay to say, hey, you know, my mic broke and I want to keep making the show for you. And if you like the show, you can donate, you can join the community. So I think there's a big community aspect of the show as well. And that ask is a really big one, right? We talk about this all the yeah. time at Podbean in terms of communicating with your audience, right? And making sure that you ask for what you need. It also sounds like the podcast started as a labor of love, right? <laughs> you just love creating the podcast and love sharing it. And then that monetization came about so naturally, right? You didn't say, hey, I'm going to launch a membership platform to fund the show. You just thought, oh, maybe people will want the transcripts. Like it's a French yeah. language show. They're learning French. Maybe they'll want to be able to like read the transcript and listen along, which I think is a really important one as well. And then you've built this incredible membership program. So I want to talk about that next. And for everybody out there, this is a really amazing example of how to monetize your show, especially with that community and relational aspect of podcasting is having that membership program. So can you walk us through your membership program and how it became successful? and how it funds the podcast now. Yeah. Well, people who want to become a member can get the transcripts with useful notes to help them progress, make real progress. They can also access my Discord channel, 
I also, from time to time, offer live sessions just to meet each other and to talk and to have a great time. And I also have conversation workshops. That's not in the membership program. That's something else. And it's very important. Well, I think for French learners, of course, it's very important to have the possibility to connect with a podcaster. I'm myself part of an English speaking community through a podcast. And I think great to be able to reach the podcaster and to talk with him and to tell him what you like about your show and to know that he takes into account what you think. You know, if you think, well, maybe that would be better, he will take that into account. So I really want to offer that to my members so they know I'm reliable. And it's also very important for me to get their feedback, to know they are there, you know, they're listening and to know what they think about what I'm doing. It's very important for me. So it's like it goes in both ways. They need that. Becoming a member is really helpful for them to keep motivated. They can also talk to each other through Discord. You know, they can exchange messages. So it's helpful for them as French learners. And it's helpful for me because if I were alone in front of my computer all the time, without knowing what people think about what I'm doing, it could be really demotivated for me. You know, when you work alone, <laughs> you need your audience feedback. If you have members, you need to know your members support you and they tell you what they like or what you could improve, you know, how you can really help them. Because Even if I know what can be helpful for French learners, it's always necessary to know what people who really listen to my show and are member of my community need. <laughs> I need to know that. And that's how I can improve what I offer to them. So, yes, it's really in both ways. And the conversation workshops are also very useful, all the lives I do on Zoom, because I can talk with them. I can really talk with them. And we talk about the episodes. I create workshops around the episodes of my podcast. So I really hear what they have to say about a topic. If I create an episode about cats, for example, and I talk about my cats, and so they will talk about their cats too. And I will see what they need, you know, what mistakes they make. So I can, after that, make another episode about the same topic, but from a different perspective. So for me, it's the way I can create what they really need. Yeah, absolutely. And I think some of those workshops are incredible, right? Because it allows the podcasters to directly work with you. And it allows you to monetize the podcast on a level that's bigger than one-on-one -on -one lessons, right? It's saying, hey, if you like the podcast or you want to dive deeper into this episode or deeper into this topic or deeper into you know this group of things that we're learning, you can engage with me. And it really allows you to 
utilize your time in a way that's really efficient while giving everyone value. So I think that that's a really incredible way of monetization. And you talk about the workshops, you talk about the programs that you've created on the podcast so that people have the opportunity to work deeper with you as well. Yeah, sure. I explain everything in in the podcast. You know, I have the episodes I create with music and telling stories, but I also have other episodes where I talk about what I'm creating in the podcast. If there is a conversation workshop or anything I'm creating, so they know what I'm doing. Of course, now some of that information is only for members. <laughs> I don't share everything publicly. Of course, my members have more information <laughs> about what I'm doing because it's important to communicate with them. But yes, I try to explain what I'm doing, what I offer directly in the podcast and also with the newsletter. So if they subscribe to my newsletter, I email them with the information. If there's a new episode, if there's a new resource or anything, so they know what's going on. It's a lot of work to be consistent, consistent creating the episodes and consistent sending emails, you know, writing to them, but it's really worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And you've created value for everybody who interacts with you, right? From the top level of they've just listened to the podcast, they found it for the first time, they're not a member, they don't know you, they don't follow you on social media. So they get value from listening to the podcast, right? All the way down to people who work with you on an individual level. And in between, you've got workshops, really detailed, in-depth language workshops for people who want to advance their French language proficiency can join the workshops. You've got memberships where people can get transcripts and it's a little bit self-led. So there's something at every tier for your community that you've created. And like you said, they can sign up for the newsletter and they can continue that conversation with you. And whatever interaction they have, it's going to be positive because they're going to get something from it, right? And they can invest as much or as little as to what makes sense for them at that time. So that's such an amazing way of creating community and monetizing your podcast community, which I'm so grateful you shared with us today. I think you know that multiple kind of four-tier step is incredible in the way that you've been able to monetize from that top all the way down to people who want to, you know, one-on-one book language lessons with you. You also mentioned building a Discord group. So can you tell us the process for you of creating a Discord group? and how you've built that over the time with the French Instinct. Yeah, the Discord group is quite recent, actually. It's quite new. I started it in April, so only a few months, (laughs) because I realized I needed a place to interact with the members of the community where they could share what they wanted to share, where they could react about what I had shared and where I could speak to them in a more direct and personal way because I could already do it on coffee where I share the resources for members, but I kind of needed something else and I knew it would be positive for them to have a place where they can interact and react 
when I share something and they can also share things about their life. If something's happening and, you know, maybe they went on vacation or something fun has happened with their dog or I don't know, it can be anything. So they can also share that and they can interact with each other's, not only with me. It's like I'm not the only one <laughs> who is sharing things there. So, yeah, I think it brings a lot. Of course, it's not that easy to get a very active community on Discord because people also have their life, you know. <laughs> They're not always thinking of my podcast and I know they have other things to do. So it's not always that easy to create consistency, but I think it's important that they have that place where they can share what they want. Yeah, absolutely. And I think creating that conversation, not just between you and the audience, but allowing them to interact with each other, right? In French and to share their lives and their language learning is really important. So Discord is such a great tool for that as well. And I want to ask you next, because you've built such a strong community. And like we've mentioned, there's so many ways that your community has learned how to interact with you, right? Whether it's listening to the podcast, originally following you on Instagram, as you built the podcast, to working with you in one-on-one lessons, to your membership, to your group courses, all of that. What is some advice you have for other podcasters who are looking to create a community and support themselves through their podcast? Well, first of all, I'd say that you need to do something you love, something you really love. Because if you start a podcast just because, well, maybe it's fun, <laughs> and it is, it is fun, but it's also so much work and so much time. So you need to really choose a topic that you love and you know you will be able to keep on creating episodes around that during a long time, not only <laughs> a few months. So for me, it's the most important part, being able to find what really motivates you to create that podcast, not just because you want to make money, <laughs> because if it's the reason, it won't be enough. And also, if you really want to connect with people, you need to talk about what you love not a random topic. So that would be my first advice. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And turning your passion into a profession isn't easy, right? Like you said, it's important to have that excitement about your topic, about whatever your podcast is about so that you'll be motivated to continue to create. And for podcasters out there who feel like they found their thing and they're ready to create a show, what strategies would you recommend for podcasters looking to monetize? Well, I think once you've found what you really want to do with podcasting and why you really want to become a podcaster, I think it's important to realize that, of course, you need to sell things. So you need to talk about the products you sell, the services you offer. And I know, for example, for teachers... <laughs> It's not easy because we usually don't sell things. We love to teach, but we don't love to sell. 
So when you're doing something because it's your passion, you often don't know what you can do to make money out of this, to make a living out of this, because you need to make a living. <laughs> so I think it's important to be both conscious about what is your passion, why you're doing that podcast, but also how it will be sustainable. And that can take time. Absolutely. And I think you're right. Starting from day one, just thinking, hey, what are the services that I offer? What are the products that I can mention? I think is a really important aspect as well out there. So for podcasters out there, it's okay to sell your services and your products on your podcast. It's important. And I think your audience will understand because you're giving them free content, right? Especially when we're speaking about educational content. So French speakers can listen to the podcast from day one. It's an intermediate level podcast, but they can get value from day one which is really an important aspect as well. So Kati, it's just been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us here on Podcasting Smarter. And in terms of offering unique value proposition, leveraging the reach you had, creating consistent content and value with the community that you've built and the offerings that you continually create for your community has been so inspiring. Thank you so much for joining us on Podcasting Smarter. Thank you, Norma, for the invitation. It has been really great to be here with you. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Podcasting Smarter. If you have any podcasting questions or want to get in touch, send us an email at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. Thanks so much and happy podcasting.